We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Top Dogs Podcast here on the Field of 68 Media Network. My name is Rob Dawson and do we have a lot to talk about today. UConn is coming off of another massive win, having gone into Florida, knocking off the Gators by 21 points in a game where it never really felt like UConn got out of second gear. Uh, they are now sitting at 10-0 on the season. They've won five straight games against high major opponents. Only one of those games came at home, and all of them came uh, by a double-digit victory. The only game they won by less than 15 points so far this season was against Oklahoma State at home in a game in which they led by as many as 19 points with like eight minutes left before uh, before Oklahoma State found a way to cut that deficit down. Uh, I think that it is safe to say they are having an unbelievable and uh, thoroughly unexpected start to the college basketball season. They're currently ranked fifth in the AP poll. They are currently sitting in second on Kempom. They are second on Torvik. And they are the only team in America that is currently ranked in the, both the top 10 of offensive, uh, adjusted offensive and adjusted defensive efficiency on both Kempom and Torvik. Look, college basketball is wide, wide open this season. And there are teams in, across the country that have put together more impressive resumes, more impressive wins. I think you can make the argument that Purdue beating Gonzaga and Duke by 20 is more impressive than UConn beating Alabama 
and Oklahoma State and Iowa State by 15 or 16 or whatever it is. Um, but in a vacuum, you're going to have a tough time convincing me that UConn is not the best team in college basketball today. And I, I got to be honest, I was not expecting at any point this season to come on this show and to say that. Uh, I don't think I'm the only one saying it right now. And I'm sure I'm not the only one that is uh, that is surprised by how good the Huskies have been so far this year. Uh, here's I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to give you some snippets of text that I've gotten from really smart, uh, really important people in college basketball that you guys would know the names of. I'm not going to give you the names, but I'm just going to read some of these texts. Uh, here's one. Quote, as of today, UConn is the best team in the country, and it's not even close. Here's another one. Quote, we defended the shit out of them. We drilled our scout. It didn't matter. We didn't have a chance. Here's another one. UConn is, all caps, really good. They're really good on both offense and defense. And uh, this one is my favorite. Quote, Rob, I think you have every reason to get carried away, which is, look, I don't need permission to do that, man. Let me tell you guys. So um, I'm going to spend today's episode diving into what I think makes this team so dangerous and what makes them so good. Uh, before I really dig into it, though, I do want to say this. Look, a dip is going to be coming at some point, right? It is college basketball. These guys are young adults. These players are not robots. They are human beings that go through their emotional ringer that every young adult, 21, 22-year-old human being on this planet goes through, right? Uh, they are also pretty close to a, a finished product as much as any team in college basketball is this early in the season, yes. Uh, Donovan Klingon is going to get better this year, yes. Uh, Tristan Newton and Nahimaline are going to find ways to kind of expand their roles in this offense. I think Hassan Diara is going to find a way to get better. I don't think Andre has really broken out on the offensive end uh, quite yet. They're going to improve, uh, but if you kind of look at the national landscape, teams like Duke with all the freshmen that they have, teams like Villanova with all the injuries that they've dealt with, teams like Kansas with who their head coach is and what they haven't figured out yet, teams like Creighton with the fact that they haven't made a three in what feels like two weeks, uh, those teams are going to improve and they're going to catch up to where UConn is right now. The rest of the country is going to catch up. It's just that that's what it is. Um, so while UConn is probably going to start playing better, they're also going to start playing better competition. And there are going to be bumps in the road. We're not winning every game this season by double digits. It ain't happening. I know that they're projected to win every game on Kempom, but they're not winning every single game. That's not the way that the sports work. So uh, as a fan base, can we please just agree that whenever these things happen and you get some bumps and you take some losses and you go on the road and Big East play and you drop onto a team that you didn't think you were going to drop onto, can we all just agree to take that in stride and not freak the fuck out? Please, can we do that? Uh, I will uh, I'll be the, the first one leading the way and leading that bandwagon, leading that charge. All right, before we kind of talk about a little bit more of this stuff, uh, I do just want to uh, throw a couple things out there. Field68.shop, our merch store is open. We do have a new Yukon t-shirt in the merch store. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff in there. So I know that this is a Yukon specific podcast and we do have a Yukon gear in there. Uh, but if you want anything else, if you have friends that are Arkansas fans, if you have family members that are Duke fans, if you know people that are Kansas fans, there's lots of gear in there. Um, you use the code, uh, uh, use the code holiday. You get 20% off. Um, it's a, you know, be supporting the cause, you'd be supporting the podcast, you'd be supporting the network. Uh, it's all very much appreciated with the holidays coming up. Um, two, Field of 68 Daily. It is our daily newsletter. It is the uh, 
it, it's it's the best way to keep up with college basketball from a national landscape. It comes it hits your inbox every morning, 8.30 a.m. The link is in the description below, whether you're listening to the audio feed or you're watching this on YouTube right now. Um, to be frank, it is the first thing that I read every single morning. It is the best way for me to kind of keep up with everything going on with the sport. I got a lot going on. Look, I got two kids. Christmas is coming up. I'm trying to keep this thing going. I do four different podcasts. I'm on After Dark three times a week. It's tough to keep up with everything nationally. Field of 68 daily is the best way for me to do it. So uh, let's start with this. Let's get back into UConn. Here's what stood out to me more than anything else so far this season. Uh, UConn has nine starters, right? They have nine starters. There is no drop-off when anybody comes in the game. I think last night is the perfect example, right? Alex Caravan, been a guy we've raved about on this show. Picked up two early fouls, didn't play the last 16 minutes of the first half, and it didn't matter. Jackson slid over to the four spot. You bring in Naheem Aline, who just so happened to be a guy that averaged 10 points for last year's ACC tournament champions, and boom, off and running. Don't miss a beat. Nothing slows down. Uh, Jordan Hawkins. He's not shooting well, goes to the bench, gets a breather. You bring Joey California in. He's shooting 58% from three and is just as much of a threat in all of the actions that they put Jordan Hawkins is as Jordan is. Hell, one coach even told me last night that UConn might actually be better with Donovan Klingon at the five than they are with Adama Sonogo at the five. You have 40 minutes of a sustained threat with no drop-off, no issues with fatigue. You don't have to worry about injury trouble. If someone gets hurt like Samson Johnson, if someone sprains an ankle during a game, you're going to be able to withstand that. Um, I, I think that is so one that's so important uh, when when it's just kind of the season is a war of attrition. And two, it's 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 unusual in a college basketball era where the transfer portal is so prevalent, where it's so difficult to convince guys, hey, look, you can come here and you can play, but you're going to be playing ten minutes off the bench, right? A lot of times, guys hear that, boom. They're in the portal. They're gone. They're not staying. They're not hanging around. They're not going to uh, try to earn their spot, right? It's part of the reason why we see a team like North Carolina right now, basically five deep. Um, so that, to me, that's the single most important thing about this group, right, is there is no drop-off for 40 minutes. The other part of it is that when you are a team that is winning with your defense and you're winning with your ability to rebound, which is kind of what UConn is at this point this season – um, not having that drop off in effort and not having that drop off in intensity is just, it, it's so important, man. Like, look, I, I think that UConn is the best defensive team in the country. I know that there's going to be some people who disagree, but I think that they are. I think Andre Jackson is the best defensive player in the country, flat out. Uh, but beyond him, it's just, they are so incredibly well drilled on that. It, it, it's impossible to create good looks against them offensively for a number of different reasons. But um, the biggest one to me, and, and Todd and we went to a quote from Todd Golden on this, but the biggest thing to me is like just how well drilled and how connected they are on that end of the floor. Um, they have size and length at every spot. They have guards that can climb up in you defensively, right? They have shot blockers at the rim. So if they go out and, and pressure you, uh, they're, you're going to be able to, if you drive to the basket, you're going to be running into seven foot two Donovan Klingon or six foot nine Odama Sonogo or Andre Jackson coming forward from the weak side and putting the ball through the backboard, right? Um, they are incredible at hedging hard and rotating on the weak side and making sure that they're always in the right spot at the right time, just blowing up ball screen actions. They are so, so, so well coached on the defensive end of the floor. Like Dan Hurley, if you're listening to this, man, I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm John Wooden. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm the, uh, the smartest guy when it comes to basketball, but I know enough to know what I'm looking at. And I know enough to know when teams are doing something well and teams are doing something poorly. And having watched, 
now 400 minutes of UConn basketball this season, there's like, there's literally one possession where I was watching and I was like, oh yeah, you know what? That was bad. That was a pretty big mistake that led to a layup. I'm not going to call out who it was, but uh, it was last night. And I think a lot of people probably know um, that moment. Uh, they are, UConn is currently top 10 in defensive effective field goal percentage. They are top 30 nationally in defensive turnover rate. They are top 30 nationally in defensive rebounding rate. They are fifth nationally in limiting three-point attempts, right? They run you off the three-point line better than just about anybody else in college basketball. Here's a quote. And it's not just me saying it. Here's a quote from Todd Golden from last night. Todd Golden is uh, Florida's head coach. The thing that I think UConn does at an extremely high level is not exactly their ball pressure, like picking up the ball or denying passes, but they cover up for each other so well. We got downhill a couple times on drives, and it looks like Kyle Lofton will have that sneaky left-hand layup, and then here comes Klingon or Sonogo to wipe it off the glass. We throw out to a shooter, and they cover it up. They do a great job. That right there comes down to coaching. It comes down to execution. It comes down to practice. It comes down to shell drill, getting drilled over and over and over again, and practices like that. That stuff is it's so crisp. And so precise, you cannot, I cannot say enough about it. Like they are an incredibly coached basketball team. So shout out to Dan Hurley for being able and the staff, Kamani, Tom Moore, Luke, for being able to get them to this point this early in the year. It's, it's really, really impressive to watch. And I hope everybody that's listening to this appreciates what they do. Um, here's the other part about it. They also happen to have three elite offensive rebounders, right? So what that means is that UConn can have games where they like bring a C plus uh, their C plus game offensively, where maybe they're not hitting shots, maybe they're not executing perfectly, maybe they commit some silly turnovers. Um, but defense and rebounding is going to travel. You're going to be able to create second shots. You're going to be able to survive nights where you're not playing your best on that end of the floor. Look, frankly, when you go on the road and Biggie's play, there's going to be times. It's a Tuesday. It's minus four degrees out. You're playing at Marquette, uh, top 25 kind of a team. You're going to have nights where you don't play great offensively. Being able to get stops and being able to get second chance points is so, so important to being, it just raises your floor for what you are uh, every single night. And, and that's what UConn really does. And that's where they thrive. So with all that said, I wanted to look at some historical trends, right? I wanted to kind of put into perspective, not just for myself, but for everybody uh, to showcase why UConn very much deserves at this point to be in the national title conversation. Let's start uh, with point guard play of the last 12 national champions right dating back to 2010 to duke there's only one of them uh, kentucky in 2012 that played with the starting lineup that only had one point guard one playmaker one initiator one creator however you want to phrase it right now it gets a little bit tricky here and i'm kind of forcing uh square pegs into round holes but i do think that um that the case that i'm making makes a lot of sense so hear me out on this take uh 2018 villanova for example right they only had one point guard on the roster but he was Jalen Brunson he was the national player of the year and the other guys in the backcourt with him were Dante DiVincenzo a first round pick that could create off the bounce and pass and Mikhail Bridges another first round pick that could create off the bounce that could pass that was uh, averaged more than three assists a game um if you look at 2017 North Carolina right they started Joel Berry, but Joel Berry was kind of their off guard in the offense, right? Theo Pinson was the initiator. Theo Pinson was a guy that created stuff offensively. Theo Pinson was the de facto point guard uh, on that roster. And they still had Nate Britt coming off the bench. Theo Pinson was basically what Andre Jackson is for this UConn team. Handled a heavy load of playmaking and initiating duties, right? Uh, I think if you look back at last year's Kansas team, for the most part, they only really started to want Harris at the point, but 
Uh, Remy Martin was healthy in the NCAA tournament run, and they were at their best when they, they were able to put Harris and Martin on the floor at the same time for large stretches of the game. Uh, I say all that to say this. The best teams in college basketball and the best teams in basketball, period, have more than one creator on the floor. And UConn, at all times, is going to have more than one creator on the floor, whether it's Tristan Newton, whether it's Andre Jackson, whether it's Asan Diara. And that's to say nothing of the fact that Hurley is as good as just about any coach in the country at being able to uh, create actions that get guys into the sets or get guys into positions where they can thrive, right? You don't necessarily have to have a creator because you can create offense with the shit that they run. Um, some of that is running Jordan Hawkins off of uh, two or three screens and getting him coming to his right hand off of a curl, coming down the lane, getting them downhill. They did a bunch last night, right? Uh, some of it is creating ball screen actions when you know that Colin Castleton is going to be playing drop coverage and you know that the weak side defender is not going to be tagging, so you can come off the screen, throw the lob up, Donovan Klingon, boom, dunking on your head. Some of it is just uh, creating offense where you can get a little ducking for Adonis and let him go one-on-one in the paint. Right. And they have enough three point shooting around them where you can allow Adama Sonogo to go one on one in the paint because you can't double off them. And there's three 40 percent for three or four 40 percent three point shooters uh, surrounding him on the perimeter. So that's that bodes really well. Right. But I also think that the 2022 Kansas team is another perfect example of something else. Right. That team won a national title with a true low post five man. Um, I don't think that that's necessarily the easiest thing to do. North Carolina did it in 2017 as well. Duke did it in 2015. Um, but generally speaking, big, big, slow-footed guys like that help you win a lot of games in January and February. The NCAA tournament, as UConn fans can attest, is a guards game. There's a reason why a team with Kemba Walker and Shabazz Napier can be a three seed and go win a title. There's a reason why a team with Shabazz Napier and Ryan Boatwright as a seven seed can go and win a national title. Um, there's a couple of reasons I'm not super concerned about this. Uh, the first is um, I do think that UConn mitigates some of the issues that you have with big guys, with their ability to, uh, to hedge hard on ball screens and to help in those ball screen actions, right? You don't ha necessarily have to worry about switching. You don't have to play drop coverage, which can, can kind of get you in trouble a little bit. We're seeing that with, you know, Rudy Gobert and Utah Jazz and some of the issues that they have. Um, so I think that UConn is able to play through it. Uh, the other issue is that they, they have the ability to go small if they need to. Now, I don't think it's ideal to play Alex Caravan and Andre Jackson together at the four and five. And I still think that we're going to see some lineups where you play Samson Johnson at the five as well. Um, he's not back yet. Uh, you're taking off one of probably your two or three best players with, with no Sonogo and no Klingon. But if you need to match up to a team that way, if they're just going to say we're going to play five guards, then you have the ability to be able uh, to do that. Um, the other one is that I think UConn also has quite a bit of pro talent on their roster. And that pro talent is not necessarily their best college basketball player. Jordan Hawkins and Andre Jackson are going to be top 40 picks, right? If not first rounders, hell, I mean, they might even be top 20 picks the way things are going right now. Uh, but neither of those guys are the best player on this year's team. That title belongs to Adama Sanogo. That title sometimes might belong to Donovan Klingon. Like the, the, the best players on this group are uh, – are, are the guys that are not necessarily the pros. And I think that when you have that combination, everyone's kind of bought into their roles. It's really what raises the ceiling for a team like this. And lastly, um, I do want to mention this, right? UConn is currently the only team that's ranked in the top 10 of both offensive and defensive efficiency on Ken Palm and on Torbic. Uh, this is 
this isn't the greatest way to judge title threats because, you know, there's some arbitrary cutoffs and whatnot. And, you know, um, when Villanova won the title in, in, in uh, 2018, they were number one in offensive efficiency and number 11 in defensive efficiency. Um, but it is worth mentioning this. 19 times in the last 11 NCAA tournaments, uh, a team entered the event as a top t- in the top 10 in both Kempom, uh, in top 10 in both offensive and defensive efficiency on Kempom. Um, two of them won the national title. Five of them made it to the national title game. Seven of them made it to the final four. And two more got bounced in the Elite Eight by another team that was top 10 in both the metrics as well. Another one of those teams on the list. So uh, generally speaking, however, teams that have elite offenses with good enough defenses tend to be the best teams. And I'm not sure if I would quite call UConn elite offensively just yet. I think that they're very good, but I don't think that they're elite in the way that 20, uh, 2009 UNC was, in the way that 2018 Villanova was, in the, tw- in the way that 2019 Virginia was. Uh, but I think they are very, very good, and you know they uh, they do clean up a lot of their own messes. So uh, that if there's one thing that I can kind of say, like, look, we gotta. This is where we necessarily need to improve. This is where UConn necessarily needs to get better. It is. Um, having a little bit more functional offense in the half court, but that's picking nits, man. Like there, this has been the the best team in college basketball to date so far this season. And I'm really excited to see where they can kind of grow from here. So um, I do want to play you guys a snippet of last night's uh, after dark from where Patrick Young and Laval Jordan and Greg Waddell, I think had the best combo that I've heard from a national perspective when it comes to UConn basketball this season. Uh, but before I do, I want to note this. I just said that UConn was not elite offensively, right? There have been two teams in the last 12 uh, NCAA tournaments that have won the national title while entering the event ranked outside of the top 20 in adjusted offensive efficiency. 2011 UConn and 2014 UConn. Let's fucking go. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. To the Big East, where we have the Yukon Huskies, a team that the last show I hosted with you last week, Laval, was on the rundown. We didn't even get to them. 
We talked about like 10 different other teams before you we did that on purpose. Just, just that on purpose. Just, yeah. <laughs> hey, I no comment on that. I know my boss, Rob <laughs> Doster is looking at me sideways about it. Look, I can't avoid it anymore. Okay. You're welcome. UConn wins by 21 points tonight against Pat's Florida Gators. Uh, I called this wrong. I thought Florida was going to get the upset tonight. I you said, did? I did. I called this. I should have talked to you. I saw the text about 10 minutes into the game. And that's on me for not reaching out to you first. But I, I was skeptical of this UConn team still because this was their first true road game. And because they had a real good four-game winning streak, a lot of neutral site games in that run in the tournament. And to be honest with you, Alabama was the only team that I would consider good to great that I think they had seen. Yeah. And I look, I've only seen Florida a couple times this year was not aware at all that this offense was in the spot that it was tonight. And I'm sure Pat, you can tell us more about that. Uh, but I think this offense struggled tonight because of how good UConn was defensively. I mean, they have animals on that side, on the wings, and they took everything that Florida wanted to do and just spun it on them the whole game. So Pat, let's go to you first. Uh, it, we are still doing the contender or pretender yeah. game, but first in this game Thank tonight, you. We got I two mean, first yeah. and then explain. Yeah, well, why why was UConn so good tonight, Pat? Yeah, well, I, um, first off, UConn, this is my first time getting a chance to see a full 40-minute game. And I knew what the position that Florida was in offensively uh, before this, where they had, have had their struggles. Ever since that West Virginia game, getting beat by, thumped by 30, uh, had a real look in the mirror type, what what, what type, of, type of team we're going to be. And uh, UConn showed up and showed out. They, to me right now, are absolute contenders. Uh, just execution alone um, to the game plans, to being able to take away the strengths. Um, not that Florida has been a offensive juggernaut this year. Um, I think the lineup has changed six, seven, eight times already, and we're, what, nine games in. Um, being able to take Castleton out of the game, he struggles with another big man with length. Uh, someone that can be physical with him. Uh, UConn gave Florida what they wanted, and and oftentimes Florida shoots themselves out of the game. They they settle for empty possessions, bad shots early in the shot clock. Uh, UConn flies back on offense to their spots. You can tell it's a very well-coached team, getting to their spots, setting great screens, um, finding uh, uh, Donovan Klingon. Oh, my gosh. He he that, the, that's why he's I the backup center, team. by the way. What's that? He's the backup center, by the he's way. The ba- I, and I was listening to Jimmy Dykes, and he's like, <laughs> "This is probably the best backup center in the league." And he's a freshman, or in the in the, all the country right now. And I I can't disagree with him. Um, I think when you look at uh, Adam Adam Sonogo and 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 Donovan Klingon, if if UConn were to match over Purdue, um, I think UConn would give Purdue a lot of problems with their size, with their speed. Uh, with their shooting. Um, Jordan Hawkins was awesome off screens, so smooth. I really didn't have see many flaws with this UConn team at all. I was like, Florida, if you don't start taking care of the ball, I mean, I, I'm surprised it wasn't a 30-point game, honestly, because there was nothing easy for Florida in this entire game. Douster's going to love me for this. I, I'm two hands up on Connecticut contender. Hey. And, and and here's why, again, like I said, right right now, defensively, 
they're one of the best in 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 the country, right? Defensively, they are fourth in the Ken Palm. They are eighth offensively. So they're going to bottle you up defensively. They've shown that they beat every every high major team they played by double digits. Firepower. So now you start talking. Okay, take away Sonogo. Well, you got Jordan Hawkins. He's averaging. He's making three threes a game. He can go for thirty. You got Tristan Newton. He's averaging 11 and five and four, and he can go. You got Alex Caravan. You pick and pop big, and he can get you 20. Patrick just said it. You got Klingon off the bench. He was the MVP in Portland at the PK <laughs> Invitational. Uh, you got Calcaterra, a hired hitman coming in from San Diego. His 15 minutes can get you for 15 points if you're not careful. So it's hard to find their top five in the country in shot quality right now. Danny runs uh, great. He runs his sets, right? They're long and delayed, so they keep you on def on defense. He was going to get Sonogo in the middle third of the court. They're going to run Jordan Hawkins off actions. The only thing, so they got a matchup and a dominant player. The only thing is how dynamic. They had R.J. Cole last year when games got tight. And he was a dude in the pick and roll. And you, you had to decide if you're going to trap him, he could find the other guy. I didn't even talk about Andre Jackson off the bench, who's averaging four assists a game and is best, maybe the best athlete in the country. Right. <laughs> I almost forgot about him. So I don't I don't know many weaknesses, right? If you And if they're getting hurt with a matchup with a big, say you got a pick and pop five, man, they can just throw Caravan at the five and play small and switch. Uh, so they can beat you in a number of ways on offense. They can guard you multiple ways on defense. And um, they and they have the X factor, Greg, and and I think the X factor is this: we played for a national title when I was assistant at Michigan, and we made the run because Trey Burke said when he came back, we're going to play for a national championship. And our guys had a belief, and they had a chip on their shoulder. The thing that trumped us was Louisville had Kevin Ware, who had broken his leg, so they had something they were playing for, right? I played against. Florida, when they were playing for a back-to-back -back national, they had something they were playing for that was this thing that motivated the group and lifted them to another. UConn hadn't won a tournament game since 2016. Now they're a member of the Big East. I think that is a game changer for them getting out of the American Conference. So they've got something they're playing for with a huge chip and an unbelievable amount of talent. Um, it's hard to find a flaw <laughs> with, with Connecticut. Yeah, I'm right there with both you guys. Two thumbs up, contender for me. Uh, I had seen Con Connecticut a little bit this year. Uh, this is the first game I'm just totally blown away. And I think I sort of shrugged off a lot of these growing signs of stardom from different guys as just small sample size. They, they can't possibly continue to play this well. No, yeah, maybe they can. Jordan Hawkins is that good. Uh, the, the thing with him for me, it's the attempts. Like, he's going to get his seven, eight threes a game up just with the motion. Good too. And, they're good looks. Yeah. It doesn't feel like they're forced. Like normally no. when you see a guy with that type of gaudy attempts, there's some questionable shot selection or just some questionable nature behind it. Nothing with him at all. Like the whole team embraces that uh, Klingon. I, I think they correctly identified. He's the best backup big in the country. I mean, Colin Castleton is a damn good center. And Colin Castleton was the third best big on the floor tonight, and it wasn't close. Yeah. Um, he was I, one I'm, of nine in the first half. Colin yeah. Castleton. I, I'm wildly impressed by this team and how they can do it on both sides of the ball. And I think Hurley deserves a lot of credit for 
putting some gap pieces together in the portal this year too with Tristan Newton. I mean, he's been a very good floor general for him so far. Calcaterra, like you mentioned, off the bench, double digits tonight. Uh, this team's top six, top seven is tough. And I think a lot of people in the Big East, it's been Villanova for years. Then this year, maybe it was Creighton, the big eyes. Now it's and not, it's UConn. And the other thing is, like, injuries are a factor right now. We just talked about Cam Whitmore coming back. So, you know, unfortunately, that's a fact. Like, they have in, insurance. I mean, Hassan Diara is still on the on the team. <laughs> and, and you know, with Kleeman as your backup big, say something, you know, they've got depth and, and insurance policies. If something happens, they still have Naeem Aline, right, sitting there not getting that many minutes, but he, we know what he's capable of. Would anybody go so far as to say they think UConn might be the best team in the country right now? You don't have to, but I'm – I'm just curious because uh, I don't I don't know who is the best team right I'm, now. I'm close. I'm close with as well. Connecticut. Okay. Yeah, I just say you know, it's just the like I said, multiple ways that they can get you. And if they're having an off night, they're one of the best offensive rebound teams in the nation. Right. <laughs> so that's the thing with them in Houston. Like, okay, say you do a good job defending them on the first shot. The second shot is going to be the issue because. Right. Both of those programs, they put the bubble up and it is war in practice. And so they're averaging 13 offensive rebounds a game. So what? the bubble practices. <laughs> what? Yeah. People don't know about that. You when that bubble goes on 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 the rim, there's no it, it's not about making shots today. This is a physical, this is there's no fouls. This is this is you you're not friends today with your teammates, that's for sure. Ain't God. no friendships. No. You probably won, you won you won your fair share of battles in the when the bubble was up. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. I won my fair share, but it wasn't my favorite. It's still not my favorite thing to do. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I, there's probably not too many teams in the country I'd want to participate in that with, but especially not UConn, especially not this team. And uh, we we just named a lot of things we love about them. I feel like we barely even mentioned their best player, Adama Sinogo, who I mean, a, a quiet 17 and seven tonight. He had foul trouble a little bit, but. Uh, he's a beast, and he's back for a reason. That's a great and, touch. Yeah, he's special. Uh, all right, so that's that's six thumbs up collectively between the three of us on UConn. Uh, come back next episode. We'll tell you whether or not UConn is definitively the best team in the country. I have a feeling that's going to be a conversation in the next few weeks. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.